And welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com, the precious metal advisor, the investor kit, the e-store. So many different ways to get started in uh, purchasing and investing in real, tangible stuff you can hand uh, hold in your hand. We're talking about real metal. Darren, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the kickoff today? Well, John, we've got a show today, and we're going to talk about a few different topics, but three of them that are really interesting, exciting. We had a good week in the metals. I want to welcome aboard all of the new buyers, all of our new clients to Guildhall. We're happy to have you and excited for what the near future holds. Right now, we're starting to see all of the right signs that we need in order to get this bull market taking off. We've already had a confirmation in the gold price. We've got some slight um, activity, some slight pullback activity in both metals, followed by a nice move up late in the week. It's Thursday as we taped this show. On Wednesday, the Fed minutes came out in the U.S. They remained dovish. There was no good news for the economy other than to say that we're monitoring the situation. And, of course, interest rates didn't change, nor do we suspect, as we said late last year before the interest rates even went up in the U.S., that there would be anything but one interest rate rise. So on the heels of that, three things we want to talk about today. Reasons to own gold. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little solar talk and how it impacts solar demand, impacts silver demand and supply. And we're going to talk blue diamonds, John, in the blue in oh, the diamond them. section. Big, big news. We just had a record-breaking auction occur this week. We've got all the details and five points that you probably never would have ever guessed about this particular blue diamond that went up for auction. So very exciting. And without further ado, we want to talk just briefly today about a couple of things. Number one, we had a common question asked this week. Seemed to be the question du jour. And of course, this has been asked by many different types of investors Tell me something about the gold market that I don't know. And again, that's a very big blanket question, but we always have investors asking us, what do I buy, silver or do I buy gold? Yeah, big time. It's a big question. It's something that you yourself, we've talked about. I just asked you that before we came on air. (laughs) And of course, this is something that's been asked a lot of us. So I want to get it back to the approach a person takes when they're investing. We're not here to give financial planning advice. I'm not going to tear apart your portfolio and decide which should be where and how much of what exposure you should have in there. As a general rule of thumb, analysts suggest that you should have somewhere between 10 to 20% of your portfolio exposed to precious metals. In the bull markets, when you're seeing the price run, this is an insurance policy. It's physical. We're not talking about paper. We're not talking about getting into the futures market or options on futures. We're not talking about ETFs. We're not talking about buying stocks, mining stocks. We're talking about the actual physical product that you hold in your hand. You have to store in a vault that needs to be shelved, that comes with serial numbers, is allocated, and has your name on it. So this is the type of product that Guild Hall handles. And when we look at gold and silver, we know for a fact right now that what's get, what gets the headlines is always gold. We don't hear a lot in the headlines in the media about silver. Silver is a smaller market. It's a cheaper metal, but its industrial usages are much higher than right. gold. However, gold is a currency. Whole countries store gold, and of course, it steals the headlines. So let's talk about for a moment five or so things that make gold very exciting. You've got a recent plummet in the stock market, and it's making international news headlines. It's receiving attention from both investors and non-investors alike. This is not like what we went through in 2008 and nine. Now we're starting to see people say, I need gold and silver as an insurance policy just to make sure that if anything goes really bad, I'm protected. 
more Canadians are turning to gold RSPs and registered accounts because they combine a physical, tangible asset with very modern tax-advantaged features nice. of the RSP or the TFSA. Adding precious metals to those types of registered accounts also helps hedge the volatility and the risk of your retirement portfolio. Unlike traditional stocks or bonds and mutual funds, gold can consistently help preserve wealth and safeguard the RSP or TFSA dollars by increasing the store of value of physical metals to the fund. So uh, this is a very important point to make. In this month alone, sales in precious metals, both at Guildhall and the world over, have, for whatever reason, skyrocketed. I mean, I have my own take on why that's happened, but even though that's occurred, you might ask yourself, what's the big deal? How come I'm not hearing more right. about it? Well, here we are. We're setting new records in total demand and total sales of specific products, both at Guildhall and the world over. And if I look back just to February, February 9th saw the most money flow into gold bullion since January of 2009. In fact, investors purchased approximately 300 and $50 million worth of gold in wow. one day in Canada and the U.S. So exciting times, which call for very dynamic changes, very dynamic ways to invest. And due to the increased demand for gold, the price is now uh, getting uh, back towards, uh, you know, a very, very reasonable buy price, but in a bull range. So if we don't think about buying now, if we say we're going to take a pass or I'm going to think about it, I'm going to put it off for five months, it's one of those metals where you could wake up and it's 10% higher, 20% higher, 30% higher. It's not uncommon to have 2 or 3%, 4 or 5% days in the metal day over day over day for two or three months straight. I mean, we've seen it. That's what all the peaks in gold have been. Now, that being said, gold prices reached their very highest point in 2011, 1900 and change. And uh, with respect to gold, here are a few reasons why I think we're going back to that range. Okay. Number one, it's protection from the declining U.S. dollar. Now, this holds true for both gold and silver, and there are some other assets that do the same thing, like colored diamonds. But the price of gold moves counter to the value of the U.S. dollar. Therefore, a gold RSP or TFSA will offer some protection against the falling U.S. dollar. Likewise, if the currency such as the U.S. dollar, the world's largest currency, is falling, it's more than likely that everything that's attached to it begins to lose value as well. So that's paper-related. So you're going to see stock markets start to pull back, which we've seen in the U.S. and here in Canada. We've also seen them gain, but we haven't seen anything tremendous in terms of uh, Joe Public, the guy on the street, making a ton of money from investing in stocks for a while. So when your retirement is at stake, protection is quite significant, and it should be the first priority. Protect the principle, first and foremost. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think it's important to to be speculative and go hog wild and buy all kinds of crazy different uh, assets and hope for the best. Cross your fingers, put your head in the sand, and hopefully in 10 years you've got twice the money. No, when things get crazy, the premise of investing is simple. Protect your principle, what you've already put in there and worked hard to earn. Your your portfolio has the potential to be affected greatly by the U.S. dollar. Whether we accept it or not here in Canada is another story, but that's becoming uh, more and more so in this very day. The second thing I want to talk about is uh, it's a hedge against inflation. Both gold and silver serve, and many of you already know that inflation can be the biggest retirement risk. What a dollar buys or bought yesterday, will it buy the same in two years from now? It won't. We were just talking about housing before the show, John, and the importance of understanding that housing prices have gone crazy, but the ratios that are all involved in terms of 
income to uh, home value, in terms of debt uh, to mortgage, in terms of home values versus gold or silver or oil are all out of whack, which give us inkling as to where real estate prices are going. Unfortunately, I'm not in the camp that believes real estate prices continue to skyrocket year after year after year. We're going to have a pullback and it's not going to be a gingerly little soft landing. I believe that some of our major, major home areas right here in the GTA and across Canada are at risk of dropping as much as 20 to 30% year over year when it does happen. It is a big zoinks, and if you're in a market and putting down 20% now, and in a year from now the house dropped 22%, guess who's making up the difference? It's coming right out of your pocket. So that's not an exciting thing to think about. And if I was speculating, I'd make darn sure that it's only on my primary residence at this point in time. Other than that, if I've got good liquidity and I want to put it into that market, go ahead. But I mean, it's a hedge against inflation. And uh, gold RSP diversification or TFSA diversification options provide some resolution to the problem. In fact, gold and nearly every other precious metal option has historically performed very well in inflationary periods. Also with alternatives such as, uh, you know, the products we offer, it's much more accessible now than it was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago to buy the physical and store it and have it liquid so you can buy and sell it. And of course, that is really an important thing to remember because as the value of your currency drops, and we just experienced that in Canada, we can buy less. When our Canadian dollar was at par with the U.S., we could venture into their great country and we could buy up and have a heyday, have a ton of fun come home with some new clothes, come home and have a nice shopping trip. Now we're thinking about, hey, honey, doesn't uh, the east or west of Canada look much better than going down to Florida? I know my father's in the same boat. He could take uh, three, four months a year to go down to Florida and and enjoy some time in the warm weather. He took less than a month this year because the cost and the exchange has just become so, uh, so terrible that, again, he's seeing the threats of inflation around currency. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. So again, that's point number one, point number two. Number three is diversification. We forget about it quite frequently. There was a report that was done a number of years back by Ibbotson Reed and Associates. And what it did was it was a study of 30 years of data that talked uh, primarily about what people were doing to diversify the portfolio. Mm-hmm. They found the most common thread was simple. Stocks, bonds, cash. Those are the three main principles of portfolio diversification. And uh, they thought if you had all three, you were well diversified. How you played yourself in the stock market, you were well diversified. What the study found was that the number one oppositely uh, correlated asset category was to stocks, bonds, and cash, gold and silver. Really? Yes. So if you had held those assets and merely made one or two trades over a 30, 40 year period, that's 30 to 40 years, you stood the test of time. Not only that, you came out the best among the top percentile of investors in terms of having you know a, a balanced portfolio. Most people, unfortunately, planners, advisors, right. bank officials, they don't like gold. It's cumbersome. It doesn't pay dividends. dividends. You can't live in it. You can't eat it. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are firms like Guildhall and Guildhall that are experts in this arena that can help you to migrate through those waters. So diversification, a key component. Tax-free savings, number four. Right. When we look at that tax-free savings, oh man, that TFSA is a bonus. Up to 46 grand 46 if you've never used right? if yeah. you've never used it, if you're over the age of 26. It could increase next year. We know our thing. We're so thankful that the liberals 
took that amount down from 10000 to 5000 and who knows, before <laughs> the good old Prime Minister's tenure is over in his first four years of reign, we might even get no TFSA upgrades. So let's, uh, let's hold our hand out and hope for the best. But the fact is that if you have and can transfer an existing TFSA in uh, to uh, Guildhall and you have a comfort level and you want physical gold and silver, you can do it. We can migrate your existing TFSA into some gold and silver. I can show you how to do it. You can do it with your RSP, your Lira, Rifts, Lifts, an RESP can be set up for education, but that tax-free savings is a special thing, and I encourage everybody to be knowledgeable about how to use it and the reasons for using it. So this is a very exciting thing and one thing that we can help you with at Guildhall. When we come back, We'll do number five. You got it. All we'll right. take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. The Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit, all the things Darren's talking about. And, of course, the e-store on the top right of the website to start investing in real physical metal right from the comfort of your own computer right at home. Real Money Show continues. Talk radio, AM 640. Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. That precious metal advisor, very important piece of literature you should get and have every week. The investor kit and the e-store in the top right corner and details how you can use your registered funds to start storing away physical precious metals. We were talking about the uh, top five things you didn't know about gold and the best things about gold. You're on what, number five now, I think? Darren? We're on number five. And yep. again, at the entry of this second segment, for those that just tuned in, welcome to the Real Money Show. Welcome to Guildhall. And congratulations to those listening who bought last week, became new clients with Guildhall. We're happy to have you aboard and we're glad you're listening, taking the time out of your busy day to do so. I want to reiterate how Guildhall can help you get into the market. We're talking about reasons to own gold and silver right now. And in a few minutes, we'll talk about colored diamonds. But if you are looking to get into this market, I want to remind everybody, it's as easy as picking up the phone and buying some gold and silver in bar or coin form and taking it home with you. In addition to that, if it's cumbersome or if it's not something you want to do because it's not safe for you, you can store your product. We have a storage facility located close by. We also have one in Singapore and one in Delaware for those that are listening internationally or would like to have their product stored in Canada or elsewhere in the world. We can do that. Storage facility is one that can be allocated, it can be segregated, it can have serial numbers, so you have true titled ownership to that bullion. And uh, the third thing I wanted to say is that if you'd like to take that a step further in owning gold and silver, as I mentioned in the last segment, reason number four, we talked about tax-free savings. You can use your registered investment accounts in order to diversify into gold and silver. If you have an RSP or if you don't and you want to set one up, if you'd like to think about your children's education and set up an RESP, it's a phone call away. It makes sense. There's a storm coming. The stock market isn't safe. Hasn't been for a long time. The housing market, boy, oh boy, I'd hate to be an investor trying to make my way through that sea of sharks. We have limited opportunities in our lives. One of the best I've ever seen come across my desk, silver, gold, colored diamonds. And if you are somebody who wants to get into that market and you already have a TFSA or an RSP or an RESP and you'd like to add some gold or silver, we can help you with that too. You can use your existing accounts and migrate them over or a portion thereof and have a second RSP somewhere yeah. else. Well, Darren, it's really important because if somebody's never invested in a TFSA and they're over 26, what is the maximum they can put 46, in? $46,500 right wow. now. 
So they can get into gold or silver. It's tax-free. Gold and silver has never been at a better price to get into th- this market. I think, you know, there's a lot of articles out there by a lot of these gurus. Uh, Jim Rickers is calling, what, for $10,000 gold uh, if the markets collapse. Uh, we're not being that serious, but we think you're going to see, you know, year to date, I think gold's up 16%, silver's up 10%. And I think there's a lot further for it to go. They're performing very well. And it gets me back to reason number five. There's a historical precedence set for gold that takes us back thousands of years, and it has an exceptionally rich history. The first set of coins to contain gold were seen as early as 800 BC. Nearly 300 years later, the first coins made of pure gold were found. This rich history has helped preserve the value of gold from generation to generation. It's something everybody knows and understands. And for the most part, when we talk about it, we understand it as a currency. It's not far-fetched to say, hey, go get your gold coin. It's worth something. People understand when you say that. And it doesn't matter which language you say it in. Can I take a Canadian dollar anywhere in the world and spend it? No. Can I take a U.S. dollar anywhere in the world and spend it? No. No but I can take gold anywhere in the world and spend it. It's the most liquid asset. So I like that historical precedence that's been set, and it is something that we use and we think of uh, as continuing on generation after generation. So owners of gold can look forward to not only being, you know, if you want to be speculative, great, go ahead, pile in, do as you wish. It's your account, not ours. But if you want to hold it just for an insurance purposes, it's a great way to do it. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number, and online to guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, from from the microcosm of our desk, we hear what people are really concerned about, and and there's a lot to be concerned about in the economy right now, which is why people are looking to hold some physical assets as protection. And again, physical assets are a great way to protect because they are negatively correlated to the dollar or any investments that that have a connection to the dollar because at the end of the day, gold is a barometer of how well that dollar is doing. Now, the Canadian government is adding debt. The oil industry is in sh- in a shambles right now in Canada. Um, I was looking at a chart yesterday that showed the Canadian dollar versus oil, and it just goes to show this this particular chart was was demonstrating that basically as oil goes, so does the Canadian dollar which has not been the case if you were owning gold because over the last 15 years, oil has gone up and down and the Canadian dollar has gone up and down, but gold in Canadian dollars has essentially gone from $1,500 Canadian to right now you would be spending over $1,700 Canadian. And also there's very limited options out there. You know, every day you're seeing these articles coming out about the real estate market. One one came out today on BNN that they were talking about that one in every 10 condos in Toronto is foreign-owned. A couple of weeks ago, it was one-third of all real estate in, in Vancouver last year was, was foreign-owned, foreign purchasers. The economy isn't doing that well, and yet the, the, sto- the, the real estate market keeps going up, and we're in bubble territory. And you know we're in bubble territory when you read other articles that I saw today, for instance. Okay, this was written by Dale Jackson, your personal investor on BNN. The title is House versus TFSA, which is a better investment? Mm. And basically, he's saying house because you can't live in a TFSA. It couldn't be more clear to me, and this is just my personal opinion, but it couldn't be more clear that the real estate market is is headed for trouble. It's overbought. 
Super you know, needed. when when you're sitting there saying, well, you should be buying real estate instead of the TFSA because the real estate market should have come down uh, eight years ago and it hasn't yet. Well, you don't know there's a bubble until it burst. And when everyone's telling you to get in, into real estate at 6% gains, and that's the key here. It's six, you're looking at 5 6% gains in real estate. But look at what gold has done. Look at what silver has done. You're looking at markets that have done over 300% return in the last 15 years. That is a market that's clearly given the returns. And it's giving those returns because the mindset here is just, do you believe the Canadian dollar is going to get weaker or stronger? It's all about debt. The more debt a government goes into, the more they're going to want to inflate they want inflation because inflation is a, a way to destroy the dollar. And if you're having a destruction of currency, of purchasing power, you need something to hedge against that. Well, anything that's correlated to that dollar, whether it's real estate, stocks, bonds, GICs, etc., is going down with that currency. So you need some way to hedge. And that's why for for our money... That hedge is precious metals, whether it's 15% of your portfolio or 20% of your portfolio, and whether you want to own gold, silver, or natural fancy colored diamonds. For us, it's the insurance, and you can't buy insurance after the fire. You just can't. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Darren, let's uh, flip over what we talked about in the first segment, or at least touched on, and that is the importance of, and I know Jeremy's spoken about this as well, of uh, silver and solar panels. Well, I promised our listeners we would discuss the topic, and rightfully so. It's put a huge amount of uh, of demand into the market for silver. And as the demand for solar energy has increased, that demand for metals needed in the production of solar or photovoltaic panels and batteries has also increased. However, a number of renewable energy forms, including wind turbines, for example, and technology items such as like mobile phones that we use daily have also added to that growing demand as they also require metals for their production. And as a result, it can be hard to quantify what is required for solar specifically. Suffice it to say, we know it's a lot of silver. Metals are used in solar panels and batteries as far as solar technology is concerned. So every time you drive by a farm, a house, a piece of property, a rooftop, and you see a solar panel, you're looking at something that has a huge amount of silver into it. And there are a wide range of metals used in solar panels, and many are used in minute quantities. These are in alphabetical order. There's there's arsenic used in semiconductors, aluminum. There's boron minerals, all kinds of stuff. I don't want to go into it, but the A to Z is all there. Silver, titanium, lots of them. But silver is one of the largest components. Some of these metals, such as iron and copper, are plentiful and they're mined in numerous locations around the world. And others are what are called rare earth materials. So they're expensive and more scarce and only available in a few countries. Now, in terms of its demand... What we're currently seeing, John, is a number of countries very similar to the argument for the carbon tax and things like that. They want to make green energy. Well, it's a very similar situation. They want to use what already exists freely in the sky, which is our wonderful sunlight, to capture and harness energy. Silver is a big role player in that because you've got countries like India and China, and I urge you to look these up. If you have time or if you're listening to this show from home and you've got a moment in front of your phone or your computer or tablet, look up solar and silver. Those two words, Google them. You'll find a ton of information, but what you'll see near the top in terms of news is that countries like India have made very aggressive new changes to their future energy 
plans and their needs. And those include solar. They're looking to add on to as many as 150 million users within the next five years. Likewise, in China, whole cities want to be solar, using solar to their benefit. And this is a very aggressive thing. That's right. But you know what I said? That's a very aggressive approach that we've seen types of countries like this take. And, of course, that energy is free. It doesn't add to the demands of their existing energy infrastructure. So this is a very interesting argument to be a part of. Uh, We follow it daily. But, again, it's one of those great stories to be told about how silver not only serves historically as a currency, but also as an industrial metal. If you're holding a tablet listening to this, a phone, if you're holding an iPhone, any type of phone at all, you've got silver in that phone. If you were to take it apart, you'd see silver, maybe in some instances even gold. But how often do we get that product recycled out of those products? Never. It just goes to big junk piles. There's lots of companies thinking of coming online. It's very, very tedious work, and it doesn't pay well because you need high volume. But the truth is we're using it in all these high-demand centers. Not only that, it's going into every new TV. And think about how many new TV technologies. Who's on to 4K now? I mean, you know, used to be just beta. Right, you know, and then VHS came along, and then it was, you know, LED and LCD and, you know, DLP and all these different TVs. And every time a new technology comes along, they revamp the whole lineup and they sell the same volume of TVs and then that much more to a new and expanding amount of wealth that's being generated around the world. So solar technology is really the way we can communicate demand center for industrially used silver. But it relates to all of these things as we're talking. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Another aspect is also batteries. It's huge for uh, battery usage and with electric cars, for instance, coming online. Oh, yeah. uh, silver used in cars is going to be a lot more silver in cars uh, going forward than there are today. So this is going to, again, put more stress on, on the market. And, and just looking at the population in terms of there being over 7 billion people on the planet and technology is, is expanding all across the globe – that it's no longer just North America and Europe having iPhones, for instance. It's the whole globe owning owning products. So the demand on, on the product is clear, and there's only so much that can be pulled out of the ground. But when you add on to that the financial side of that, which is that if someone has $1,700 that they want to put into precious metals to protect themselves, well, they can buy over 80 ounces of silver, but they can only buy one ounce of gold. So they're going to buy silver. So you have people buying 80 times more silver than gold. So you're having even more stress on the market overall. And if you look at those numbers and you relate them back to how it impacts the price of silver, look out. You can't stifle high demand for a product. So that's another reason we like silver. It can rise no matter what the um, what the market demands are. Solar in 2016 estimated that we're going to use 70 million ounces of silver oh. in that application alone, and that's without those massive projects coming online. And battery usage, it's estimated 10 to 20 million ounces per year by 2020, just a couple years away. We'll take a uh, quick break, and we had some big news we told you about a couple times during the show thus far, but a big, big, beautiful blue diamond. Lots of statistics and lots of news on that front as we get into the diamond portion of the show. In the meantime, the number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com online. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 
One eight seven seven eight silver And for the uh, purpose of this segment, guildhalldiamonds.com, you want to check out the collection any time. And last week, Darren, it was all about a certain blue diamond going to auction, right? We're excited to bring those results to our listeners because it's like music to my ears. De Beers' blue diamond fetched $32 million in Asian auction <laughs> record. Uh, Sotheby's sold the De Beers Millennium Jewel 4 for just under $32 million. It was $31.8 million in Hong Kong, and it set a record for the highest price ever paid for a jewel at an auction in Asia. It was an oval-shaped, 10.10 carat, fancy, vivid blue, and it had IF clarity, which is something we know a lot about because our blues also have IF clarity, uh, clarity when we have them. We are very hard to get. But uh, it's a $3.2 million per carat price, according to Sotheby's statement, released April 5th. And the sale comes amid strong interest in valuable colored diamonds that have had recent estimates suggesting that diamond could have won as much as $45 million. So very exciting. Next time. Next time. A couple standouts mm-hmm. on this is uh, it's been a while since we've seen a record-breaking auction in North America. We keep seeing them happening in Hong Kong. The Asian market is snapping up uh, these assets, and they're not doing it. This is the second part. They're not doing it just for ego. This isn't an ego purchase. This is this is clearly a way to invest and make money. There's no reason to to buy something in the tens of millions of dollars if you're not looking for a return. And why not? Because when you look at natural fancy colored diamonds over the course of 30, 40 years, you're talking countless stock market corrections, countless recessions, countless issues in the economy, and the colored diamond market continues to move in in a single direction. If you can buy quality and rarity you are going to continue to get slow and steady growth in this market. So it makes sense that we're seeing these auction records time and time again happening because it's it doesn't take a lot to learn about the market and it doesn't take a genius to see the rarity and appreciate that rarity. So you can see why big money would come into the market and buy something like this and, of course, break an, yet another record in colored diamonds. We had, uh, about four years ago, two vivid, internally flawless I blue remember. diamonds. Um, we had them on the website for a, you know, a couple of years. We sold both the diamonds. The clients that bought those diamonds have virtually doubled or maybe tripled their money uh, or the value of that diamond. Um, when you're selling a diamond, you know, a 106 carat blue, you know, to get a million, million and a quarter dollars, I mean, this has gone for $3 million a carat. So for a blue to go for a, a one carat to go for a million and a half dollars is very, very possible. The problem is, you know, there is only a few collectors that will, you know, actually come up and write out a check for a million and a half dollars. So what we try to do is bring other rare, rare diamonds to fit people's pocketbook. And you can get into, for example, a fancy yellow, internally flawless, for a carat, just over a carat, for about $14,000. You're not going to get double and triple results in five years, but you're going to get an increase in value, maybe 6 to 8% uh, on a fancy yellow. On an intense yellow, same thing on an internally flawless. You're going to get maybe 12 to 15% increase every year because they're extremely hard to find. Then we get into a vivid, for example, vivid yellow. The color has to be super strong. You know, they're going right now for around about fifty, fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a carat. 
Ten years ago, you could have bought this same stone for fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars. Um, you know, twenty years ago, they were going for three, four thousand dollars a carat. They are wealth. They are portable wealth. It's a, it's an investment that will keep on growing. It's not for everybody. Um, if you're going to have to go to the bank to borrow to put into a natural fancy color diamond, this is not for you. If you're going to put it on a credit card and pay interest on your credit card, it's not for you. But if you have cash and you're looking for another investment, you know whether it's twenty five, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, you're really kind of wary about the stock market. You may be a little wary about real estate right now, where it's reached the top. It's a little frothy. Um, you may want to get into something like a natural fancy color diamond, where you invest twenty five thousand dollars into a pink, uh, you know, or fifty thousand dollars into an argyle pink. You're going to be looking at returns of a hundred, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars within a ten year period. So this is a very, very smart investment for people to make that are just looking for something safe. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhalldiamonds.com, Darren. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And if we pair that with gold and silver and the likeliness of those two markets going higher, it's the perfect opportunity for an investor to put all three into one portfolio. As far as I'm concerned, having gold, because of the reasons we talked about in the show today, having silver, again, next week, we're going to spend some time, five reasons why I love silver. That's a good part of the next show. I look forward to hearing it. And of course, the color diamond. It's all part and parcel with the notion that you need to protect your wealth. And uh, the color diamond part of it is the safety logic. It's You don't need to understand the stock market ins and outs. You don't need to be sitting in front of a computer every day. You don't need to be managing the lawyers or signing the paperwork or making sure the toilets are washed or having the cleaning lady come in. None of that. Owning a color diamond is all about return and it's all about the long term. And speaking of long term, you know, a lot of people like the idea of the liquidity of the stock market and this is a big concern for them, just the idea of liquidity. It's something that, that a lot of investors are looking for. But I would ask, how liquid is a, is a stock that's down? It's not very liquid. You know you're taking a loss on that, and you have to talk to your broker, and they're going to talk you down off, off a mini ledge and say, look, this is for the long term. This is the long term. You know, you're going to hear that over and over again. And this is not the case with a natural fancy color diamond in the sense that you're in it for the long term. But it's because you don't have to watch the market and you don't have to consider it when it's down. It's always moving in the right direction. It's just it's built in that you are going to hold on for the long term. Now, what is long term? Well, it depends on the size of the investment. If a, if a customer is buying a $15,000 diamond and this is their comfort level, they're going to hold on to that for 15 years. That is the point at which they're going to feel comfortable to say, I can sell this, I have made money, I have made a great return, and I've covered all of the costs of doing business, and over that 15 years, I've done very, very well. And by very well, we can look in the look at the past performance and say, you, you will beat your regular expectation of a 5 or 6% gain every year. Now, if you're putting in over 100000 if you're putting in a quarter million, then these type of diamonds do not have to be held for 15, 20 years. The dilemma for the customer in that sense, or the diamond investor in this regard, is you've seen how much the diamond has gone up in two, three years. Do you want to sell it? Because it's only going to continue up. So this is another aspect of the diamond market that can be a lot of fun. This idea of you don't have to pick a top. 
You don't have to try to figure out when the magic day is going to be that the market's going to go down. The demand inherent in this market dictates that the prices will not go down. There may be a steadying of prices depending on where the market's at. But if you look at Asia demand, for instance, and these these auction records as any indication, the demand continues to grow as people realize, well, the supply-demand fundamentals in this market are so clear that you want to be involved in but it. But you're missing the main point. Buying an, an investment in a natural fancy-colored diamond is a hedge. It's a hedge. Because if you look at currencies, currencies you spoke about before about inflation going up 2% a year over 35 years, that's 70%. They've eroded your dollar. Buying a natural fancy-colored diamond is a hedge for all currencies. So is gold and so is silver. It's not day trading. You don't day trade your house, so why day trade a diamond or gold or silver? You have to be patient. There is not too many long-term investors out there. Everybody wants instant gratification. It's not instant gratification. It's gratification over a long period of time that's going to get you a return and keep your capital safe. You have life insurance, car insurance, home insurance. You never want to collect on any of these things, but we still have it in case your house gets flooded or it gets on fire if you get into a car crash or if you happen to pop off. You know, you're leaving something for your family, your wife and your kids. That's what it's there for. To invest in a natural fancy colored diamond it is an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy against currencies just being printed and printed and printed. You need to have it. Sit on it. As I said earlier, if you have to go to the bank to borrow the money, if you're going to put it on a credit card, it's not for you. It's something where you've got cash. You don't want to put it in the stock market. You've got enough money in your RSP. You're owning gold and silver. And this is the time for you to buy a natural fancy color diamond, whether you start off with a starter diamond for fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, or you go to fifty dollars or $100,000. We don't challenge anybody's pocketbook, but this is such a great investment. It's been the best-kept secret for the longest time. That's why you're seeing records being beaten at auctions, because these are people that have held on to the product, and they are getting unbelievable returns. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com. Darren, above all, you need to go to the website and look at them. You do, right? and that's the only way the to photography get through this. Photography is amazing. It's amazing, and it's done in-house, and uh, Jeremy's become an expert literally at this. And, of course, we, uh, we pride ourselves on the quality of photos that are taken so that people can get a good look at this. If I uh, think to the amount of times I've gotten calls from people who bought color diamonds sight unseen, I mean, it's amazing. But... Uh, Fortunately, this is not how we do things at Guildhall. And on the heels of this announcement about the blue diamond mm-hmm. selling, we want to keep people uh, on topic and we want to remind people that the biggest blue diamond we're talking about, which is a 14 carat called Jeez. the Oppenheimer Blue, is still up for auction, not to be outdone by Sotheby's, by Christie's uh, in Geneva on May the 18th. So this is a diamond they're thinking is going to fetch even more, probably close between 38 to $45 million. And the interesting thing about the diamond that was sold that we talked about earlier, 10.10 carat, part of De Beers' Millennium uh, Jewel Collection, which was introduced in year 2000. It was yep. owned by a private Asian investor. It uh, was also part of a heist, an attempted heist, if you will. Uh, I guess some goons around the turn of the uh, millennium when they heard that the stones were going to be unveiled in part of that collection, they thought it'd be a great 
time to take advantage of that. So romanticism around these rocks, right? That's cool. So there was there was an attempted robbery which in, uh, was foiled by the Metropolitan Police in the area. And if the robbery had been successful, it's estimated at the time that they would have got off with around three hundred million dollars worth of stones in total. So very interesting to point that out. Not the highest. Uh, it just beat the ten point ten carat uh, is the highest ever color diamond auctioned. The highest value diamond ever auctioned uh, happened outside of Asia, but in Asia, that's the highest one ever. So very interesting news. And uh, the the diamond industry is currently obsessed with blues. There's no doubt. All the headlines I'm reading coming across the board, the queen of colored diamonds, Nicole Snitman, mm-hmm. a lot of it's blue related. So very hard to get. And if we do get one on the site or if one comes along, please let us know if we can help you with it. We'd be glad to do it. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com. We'll flip back to guildhallwealth.com. Check, check those websites all the time, guildhallwealth.com as well, the e-store, Precious Metal Advisor. We've got one more segment, lots more information for you to take in as The Real Money Show continues on Talk Radio AM 640. 1-877-8-SILVER, guildhallwealth.com. Darren, those are the details right there. Well, again, here we are at segment four, the swan song of today's show. And I want to remind people that this is a time for welcoming new clients. We've done it all show. But again, if you're new and tuning into the show, this is The Real Money Show. We are Guildhall Wealth Management. We talk about gold, silver, fancy colored diamonds, the reasons to own them, and the reasons why people are clamoring over themselves to get to these hard assets right now. So again, if you're thinking of becoming part of this a great investment opportunity. You want to get to Guildhall. The website's there. You give out the number, John. But here's how uh, or where your options lie. As an investor, you have the ability to come aboard by simply owning gold and silver outright, taking it home with you. In addition to that, you can store your product. We have a local facility where you can touch, see, always go, add to, change, take away, buy, sell, and of course, multiple products can be stored there from silver, gold, platinum, to palladium. And of course, if you want to take that a step further, registered accounts. You got an RSP, you have room in your TFSA up to 46,500. We've said it multiple times a show. It's a most awesome tax advantaged savings that I can think about. Remember, if you have an investment in gold and the price of gold or silver skyrockets hundreds of percent higher, which we anticipate it will do. All of those capital gains can be protected within a TFSA, which is a fantastic way to do it. Not only that, let's throw in an added piece of value, John. Any investor spending 5000 or more will get a free one gram gold bit. It's a coin comes in a one gram gold bar and uh, we're happy to provide that for every 5,000 thereafter you spend US dollars and uh, of course there's a maximum of 10 Mm -hmm. but again this is something we're happy to give out free of charge it's our way of saying thank you for coming aboard having a little bit of faith in Guildhall and getting in there now we were talking about colored diamonds in the last segment we were talking about precious metals in the first two segments one thing I want to touch upon before we leave today's show is what we see coming down the pipe. And I'm going to use a really, really simple article to point out five very easy, uh, very hallmark pieces of news that have essentially set us up for a tremendous rally in precious metals. This is by a gentleman I know personally, talked to him many a times. We're going to have him in the show coming up in the near future. His name's Andrew Hoffman. And again, this is published on Silverseek, a great website. It's called Never Another Upgrade. 
He says, and I quote, it's early Thursday morning and the fifth major massively PM bullish and everything else bearish news event of the past 21 days just emerged. And he says, in order, on March 10th, the ECB reduced interest rates to negative 0.4%, raises its already one-year-old QE program from 60 billion euros to 80 billion euros a month and adds corporate bonds to the pool of monetizable assets. Hugely bearish for the markets over there. What do the citizens do? You have, over the next week, week and a half, a jump in demand for gold. March 16th, the FOMC's most dovish policy statement to date. He wrote a previous article called Clueless Janet Launches the Final Currency War into Hyperspace. And essentially what it was, was dovish statement after dovish statement about how the market, instead of saying what is truly happening, which is that it's slowing down, we're getting back to recession-like qualities and features, that there's some gradual good things we're looking at. We're being very cautious, but interest rates won't go higher. March 22nd. Belgian terror attack, one of the worst in European history. Boy, oh boy, was it a terrible news, terrible time. But as a result, you saw people around the world starting to protect themselves. It's the bad side of why people might want to look to owning assets like gold, but nonetheless, it's an insurance policy. March 29th, the fourth item on his agenda, the most hyperinflationary statement in Fed chairman history as discussed in yesterday's audio blog called the ultimate circular reference. And essentially what they're saying is that there's no limit that the Fed won't go to in order to protect their markets. It means if they have to print to oblivion, to protect the U.S. dollar, they'll do it. They don't care about the long term. They don't care about the small guy. They care about protecting themselves, their institutions, their banks, and their ways of life. Hugely bullish for precious metals. And the last one in which he wrote this article on that day was March 31st. And he says, drum roll please, Standard & Poor's revises China's credit outlook from stable to negative, citing rising debt, a weakening economy, and declining foreign investment. And if you read in between the lines, what essentially he's saying is that this sets the tone in the major markets with the technical traders for the next bull leg up. Why don't Paul and Jeremy give you one or two reasons, their personal reasons, as to why they love precious metals right now? one 877 silver and guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, shoot. You know, anything can happen to precious metals in a short-term environment. Market can go up, market can go down. The long-term doesn't lie, and the long-term shows that when currencies lose value, gold prices in gold and silver rise because gold and silver are a way to store value. The other reason and the, these five points are starting to, to, to touch upon is it's all about confidence. When does public confidence in central banking really start to wane? You know, in 2008, people believed what the central banks could do. I don't think if you ask the majority of the public today, they have that same confidence. I really don't. So if the if there's another 2008-like event, the confidence is going to be is going to really come into question. And the only way to protect against a, a, a currency crisis and a, a crisis of, of printing lots and lots of money or going further into debt is to is to own assets that can't be touched in that regard. And this is why, for my for my money and where I'm putting my own money, 
holding physical assets just makes perfect sense. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Paul, what do you think? I just think that owning gold and silver and a natural fancy colored diamond is the way to go. Let's take a little example. If you took 10 years ago a coffee can, put $10,000 cash in that coffee can, um, what would it buried it in the back garden? What would it be worth today? What would your buying power be? Uh, that ten thousand would probably be able to buy you nine thousand today. Let's say in the worst way, you lost ten percent. If you'd have taken silver was trading at four dollars an ounce ten years ago, you'd have put twenty five hundred ounces of silver into that coffee can. Been a little tough because. It would have weighed a 175 pounds. It would have to be a big coffee can. But if you would have took 2,500 ounces of silver at $4 an ounce, today we're trading just over $15. You know, that $10,000 would be worth $37,500. That's U.S., not Canadian. That's about 50,000 Canadian. So it's four to one to your money. The buying power of that silver even if it's worth 50,000 Canadian, if it's worth 45 in the buying power, it's not. It's worth 50,000 Canadian, give or take, or 37.5 US. It makes sense to own gold or silver. If you would have put you know, a, vi- a vivid yellow or a, an argyle pink, which you can hold in the palm of your hand, and put that, buried that in the back garden, today for that same $10,000, that would still be worth, on an argyle pink, could easily be worth fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. So it makes sense to take hard assets like gold and silver, natural fancy colored diamonds, to have it part of your portfolio. I'm not telling you to go and own 100%, but have 20 25% as an insurance pol- policy. You will make money in the long run. Before we leave today's show, John, I want to just touch base on what you can expect from next week's show. We talked about auctions, and we're going to extend that talk. For those of you that love colored diamonds, that want to invest in them, that want to learn more, we're going to touch base on why colored diamonds are an auctioneer's best friend. We're going to tell you a little bit more about why we're excited about our yellows in particular, what they've done over the last few years, and we're going to bring you some very insightful information that's coming from the Fancy Color Research Foundation and our friend, Eden Rachmanoff, the yep. chairman. We are also, we, we expanded our business. We took over some extra office space. We will be putting on some seminars on gold and silver at our office. We will let you know when we're ready to go. Uh, it's going to be, you know, for around about 20 people at a time. Cool. But we're going to be able to, you know, talk about gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds in our own environment. And in addition to that, we're going to tell you on the flip side of gold from today's show, Five reasons or more why we think silver is the next, the next best bet for precious metals. That's coming up next week. Until that time, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com, your RSP room, your registered funds, the e-store on the website, and, of course, the Precious Metal Advisor, all tools you should have in your arsenal when investing in real, real precious metals. Until next time, The Real Money Show right here on Talk Radio, AM 640.